0: Welcome in to the D1 Softball Podcast, presented by S2 Cognition. I'm Gray Robertson. That is Tara Henry. Tara, one down. We have seen game one of a champ series. Oklahoma defeated Florida State last night 5 nothing, and it was a fascinating game to watch. Uh, there's a lot to discuss here on the uh, D1 Softball Podcast about what happened last night.
1: Absolutely. And hopefully all of you that are here today tuned in last night or were at the game. I think we can go through a lot, Gray. And just first and foremost, what a performance by the Sooners and coming out ready to play. It was interesting because we did have two weather delays and 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 Patty Gasso did speak at the presser about having to wait. I know everybody saw it. Coach Gasso dancing in the dugout uh, pre-game, and that was, that's just been flowing around Twitter. But she did say they were a little tight coming out, but then uh, really dig, digging deep uh, and getting that offense going. But again, a pretty big win for the Sooners. Getting that first game is tough uh, and going for the three-peat tonight.
0: Very hard to do no matter the sport, and we will be chatting with a sooner alum aaron miller later on in the program but first tara we begin as we always do with the leadoff, and one of the biggest questions of a night will be what we first cover <laughs> jacqueline asks what do you think about the staff approach on OU's offense that Tennessee and Florida State tried to use? We've covered a little bit about what Tennessee did, so we'll focus mainly on Florida State, Tara. Mac Leonard got the start. Uh, it is no secret that Mac and I are, are good friends. I was really happy for her, and, and I thought she did really well. I didn't think the start was the problem for Florida State. Uh, I thought that when they pulled Leonard, that would have been a great time to bring in Kat Sandercock, Zero zero fourth 0 fourth inning. Would have made sense. That's been Pretty close to what they've done when they brought in Sandercock throughout the women's college World Series, but they brought in McKenna Reed and it didn't work out. And OU was able to take advantage.
1: Yeah. And actually, I don't know that we covered the Tennessee pitching uh strategy yesterday in our podcast i don't think we ever got to it but it is pretty similar so the two work hand in hand here but yes i was really surprised gray what a start by mac leonard and good defense behind her uh in those first couple of innings but i was surprised when coach Alameda went to Reed. now they've done it all year long uh so i don't think to to lonnie that it was any different. And in the presser, she was asked, one of the media members asked her about the pitching change and she didn't even skip a beat. She said, no, we were going to read the only way we were going to sandercock is if we had a lead. Do I necessarily agree with that? No, but they've got the data. They've got the analytics. Uh, it's not what we had discussed or thought would, would happen. Uh, I think you bring cat in there. I think you help cat shut down that offense. And, you know, that's tough for McKenna Reed to come in there. And we saw that error that, that, pretty big error on a fielded but It was a a hit, but I think once uh, the wheel started to come off, we saw uh, how OU can just put pressure on opposing uh, defenses, and they just couldn't stop the bleeding, and I know we talked about that yesterday, Gray, but that was the key to yesterday's game. They just couldn't stop the bleeding.
0: Yeah, and it was quite clear as well that Oklahoma was on it with the pitchers who brought it up in the zone. And I thought Leonard did a great job keeping it low and on the edges. And we know that that's what Kat Sandercock does well, which kind of makes them kind of read and a little bit of royalty as well. A decision a little bit, I guess more confusing, uh, but at the same time, who am I to criticize a decision made by Lonnie Alameda, who has forgotten more about pitching than I'll ever know. And uh, still, it does kind of put Florida state into a bit of a corner. We'll discuss later on when we start previewing game two, but now you've, you've got to start Sandra in game two and you probably got a writer as long as she can go in game two and maybe even the entirety of game three. If you get to that point.
1: Absolutely. Gray. And again, I just I, I find it hard to believe that you go into a game without going with your ace. I, I just I just wouldn't want to go down that way. And I know there's analytics behind it, and I know there's reasoning, but I think Kat Sandercock, what she brings to that squad, she brings this presence in the circle. She's a true leader for them. And you know we didn't get to see her yesterday, but you know there is two more games, Gray. Uh, it is a three-game series, so we could see something completely different out of the Knolls tonight. But I just think with an offense like that, and now that the Sooners have seen another, all four pitchers yesterday, they didn't see they didn't see Cat, but uh, they saw her earlier in the season. Uh, they're going to be a little bit more comfortable should they 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 decide to do some pitching changes today.
0: So let's let's show a couple highlights from the evening, shall we, Tara? I, I mean, Oklahoma after the pitching change that we just talked about, was able to get on the board because of uh, Kenzie Hansen being Kenzie Hansen and this this little-used pinch runner, I believe her name is, let me check the box <laughs> for Jordy Jordy Ball. Let's play the clip. Would end up winning it in extras. And Hansen, Rockets one to center. That'll reach the wall. Jordy Ball racing around third, and she will score as Hanson has the RBI double. Kinsey Hanson being <laughs> Kinsey Hanson, Tara.
1: Yeah, and Jordy Ball, obviously, uh, just scooting around the bases there. That's a tough play, and we didn't speak about it in the press conference. It, it was so loud. The OU fans were so loud in the outfield. Miscut um, from Kerr. A, just missed her cut. That, that that was a huge play because that allowed Jordy to score with, with no problems and didn't even get the cut into second, so allowed Kinsey Hanson to get to two. So just a lot there. I think the noise, it was so loud in that stadium last night, Gray. Let me tell you, it was incredible. The atmosphere was incredible. Uh, I, I just don't know anything like it in our sport. To have 12,000, almost 13,000 people up screaming and yelling,
0: super Oh, Tara's gone. So she will be, I'm sure, screaming and yelling at the Wi-Fi as she just got booted. And I wanted to ask her about the, the missed cut of it all because I felt like we saw three or four different times where Florida State missed opportunities to get a cut in. Here's Tara. Tara, I wanted to ask you from the outfielder perspective about the amount of missed cuts that I feel like Florida State had last night. I know, I know a lot of people who... I was texting who were outfielders back in the day or or, uh, at different times throughout their career and who were really frustrated by that because it seems like something that should be managed.
1: Oh, absolutely. But you have to remember something. This is, you know, pretty high pressure situations. I'm not giving anybody excuses, but uh, I, that, that was a key factor. The, the, the sound, the crowd, uh, I don't think she could hear where her cut was. I think she turned around and just and just chucked it. Uh, there was no uh, arms up and, and no verbal cues that she could hear. But that was a huge play. And you're right, Gray, you, you've got to hit your cut. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen, and, and that's kind of what started that rally. It's not, it's kind of it is what started that rally, uh, and then we saw Reed uh, with the ball back to the circle, uh, throwing the ball uh, into the ground, uh, and Keen just uh, it, the whole the whole inning, the whole fourth inning was wild, and, and that just yeah. tells you what happens when you put pressure on the defense.
0: You know who didn't just chuck the ball, Jada Coleman. Let's let's play that <laughs> clip. I know that that was something that the outfielders were talking about as well, but in a completely positive manner. Swing through it, Harding, and that'll get over the head of Jada Coleman. The one hopper off the wall. The throw back in is a beauty, and Harding is nailed at second base. I mean, just just textbook, right there. Just just spectacular from Jada Coleman.
1: It's actually great to be honest. It's one of the mo- my was my one of my most favorite plays in the world. It's so fun—a ball off the wall just throw a second, uh, and just on a line. Uh, it, surprising that we didn't see Harding slide, uh, but you know, dead in the water there. And that's just that shows you how how precision train the OU defense is I know we lot, talk a lot about well we haven't talked about Jordy's pitching which we're going to get into uh well, yeah. th- we talk about the pitching staff we we talk about the offense but this OU defense is so incredible to watch and that was just one of the, the many highlights that we've seen uh all year long Jada Coleman spectacular great line to the ball uh off the fence really easy a uh, quick transfer and, and straight to second
0: We've got our cleanup hitter joining us in just a moment. Aaron Miller will be here on the D1 Softball Podcast. But before we get to that, it wasn't all doom and gloom for Florida State. Maybe <laughs> the best play of the night came from Kaylee Mudge. Now, I do think maybe Beth Mowens owns, uh, uh, owes my partner Tom Canterbury some royalties because we've been using – you. we got Mudge since 2021 when she had the five hits against Alabama. But this play – was as ridiculous as any that we've seen at the world series this year out in left field let's take a look so for the second time tonight they bring the winning run to the plate and muffly with the grab to steal the home run ball excuse Oklahoma is in shock right now.
2: I mean, this is how you do it, folks. You want to rob a home run and save the game. This was the game. Look at her get up and take this back. I mean, just in shock here. This place went nuts. They thought it went
0: over the fence, and Kaylee Mudge says, uh-uh. Look at Lee's already celebrating the game winner, but she got mugged.
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, it's so loud in that stadium. That's my first comment. It is so loud, uh, but incredible. Mudge, are you kidding me? She's literally suspended in the air for like a minute, it feels like, uh, to make that catch.
0: Ludicrous. My favorite part of the clip, which I've watched that a bunch, uh, is the people in the stands who are <laughs> just like, what? She caught it? <laughs>
1: And Haley Lee's face from like pure elation to just be like, oh, (laughs) man. But yes, what a play. We talked about much and and her impact and you could see it right there. She does it not only on offense, but on defense.
0: Right, exactly. So Oklahoma wins it five, nothing. And we will dive into more of the minutia with the offense and with Jordy Ball, who we've talked about as a runner, but not necessarily a pitcher (laughs) as of yet here on this show. And we will do that with. Our cleanup hitter, who is joining us now? Aaron Miller.
2: What's Welcome up? to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm better after uh, the lightning delays are gone. Hopefully, we have no more of that this evening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Incredible. Aaron, so uh, let's talk a little bit about last night. I know you were there in the front row watching that game. What were your biggest takeaways from game one? Obviously you've been there. Uh, you've been a part of this program, uh, forever. What were your biggest takeaways from game one?
2: I think the biggest thing I I felt was through four innings, I felt like we weren't our best and that was a five to nothing win. And I really don't feel like we saw Oklahoma firing to their full capacity. So I'd be interested to see some of the adjustments they make. A win is a win, right? You got to celebrate that. But I do believe that there's more gas in the tank for Oklahoma. And I'm excited to see what Florida State brings in game two. In fact, Terry, you and I talked about this, even though it guts me to admit, I believe Florida State's good enough to take a win from OU. I really do. I believe that they have the puzzle pieces to take one. The question is, can you do it twice, right? I think that's the million dollar question we've asked all season about Oklahoma, is if a team gets you once, can you get their goat two times in a row? That, that'll be, I think, the biggest question mark.
0: When we look at Jordy Ball, it is it is hard to not be blown away by the numbers in the postseason, especially in the World Series, for sure. But I think Brady Vernon tweeted the updated numbers. with It's either with runners on base or runners in scoring position in the World Series. Teams are 0 for 18 with 11 strikeouts against her. That's That's crazy. How does she get to that level in those big moments? That's almost unheard of in it this is. era of softball.
2: I mean, you can even just see in the way she kind of prowls the pitching circle, she's very feline in nature. She just in her eyes, like the way that she stares down um, the batter's box, she has such a fighter mentality. The ice in her veins is truly, I, I think it's a privilege that we get to watch her work. You know, she's once in a generation type of kid. But I think too, there's extra fire in her belly because of her not being able to contribute to her standard last season. And she's really getting the juice out of the squeeze, I believe. She's capitalizing on an opportunity that she wasn't able to last season during her injury. Um, It's exciting to see, I'm proud of her. I'm really proud just being on the inside too, as an alumni, the things that she's had to overcome, Um, getting healthy, the addition of some key arms, transferring into the program. I believe that this staff has embraced their dynamic. And Jordy Ball, I believe, is at the forefront of that.
1: And Erin, Coach Gasso, uh, we've seen quite a transformation. Coach Gasso dancing in the dugout last night before the game. (laughs) Um, Can you Um, give people an idea of what it's like to play for Coach Gasso and why it's so special to have her at the helm at Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, great question. In fact, uh, the alumni and I were reminiscing, Brianna Terang and Kalani Ricketts and Lauren and I being on that 2013 championship team, that was my freshman season. And we we were talking and and just kind of shooting the stuff about the evolution of Coach Gasso and who she was in 2013 during that national championship run is not at all who she is today. And I mean that in the best way possible. There's some core pillars that she'll never abandon, but I believe what makes Patty Gasso so elite is her ability to adapt and pivot. And she has evolved as a head coach. I believe she's softened in areas. She's more efficient in areas. I think that as new generations and young women come through the program, that our world is different and they require different styles of coaching and communication. And so I, I'm seeing this playful, unapologetic, um, let loose, let it all hang out type of PG. And it's really fun to be a part of. I think that she's earned that. She's earned the ability now and proven her her success and her methodology to so now she, she just gets to enjoy it. And she gets to really be um, in that energy with the team. I think her grandbabies changed her, right? She's a grandmother now. She's always been, the Gassos in general are so family oriented. And you see now the success that DJ is having at Utah, JT being on staff with her. They've all got babies of their own. I mean, it, I think she's really feeling and enjoying the fruits of her labor. And I, I'm happy about that for her. I believe that no one is more deserving of that. And Man, I would sing her praises atop any roof because she she is tremendous. She truly is one of the best to ever do it. Lucky to have played for her. Really am.
0: All right, Aaron. I'm gonna ask you to to slide over the OU hat and put on your ESPN analyst hat <laughs> because I wanna and you can wear I would actually like to hear your answer to this question in yeah. regards to both perspectives. Florida State's pitching decisions last night. Yeah. What do you make of that and how Lonnie Alameda managed that staff starting Mac Leonard and then bringing on McKenna Reed in relief and then the subsequent arms.
2: Yeah, this has been a heated debate on the Twitter sphere. Um, <laughs> one, one that I'm going to tiptoe lightly around. It's interesting because Gray, I I come from a program that prioritized Game One, and and that's all I know, right? That's how I was coached and how we looked at a three game series. Is that the the biggest the biggest priority is to snag that first W stick, stick the first dub in the back pocket. And then we look towards game two. Um, but I, I can see both sides of this coin. Uh, I am very close with Coacha Lonnie Alameda, her and I have a, a close relationship, love getting to call her program. And I understand her brain. I understand her strategy. Um, but it does fly in the face of everything that I know and how I approach the game as a player. It will be—I'm—I'm re- I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting to see what happens in the circle here in game two. I will be floored if we don't see Sandercock in the circle. I think we're all expecting that. But I will—I got to give props where props are due. Leonard looked damn good in three to four innings, right? Like she was the real. Deal. I thought her drop ball was money. I thought her changeup was absolutely disgusting. It made hitters look silly. Um, so even even with who we saw in the circle, I was impressed with what Mac put together. I think that she's a stud and she held her own until the Sooners busted through. Um, so I can see both sides, Gray. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Switzerland here and say I get it, but it does fly in the face of what I grew up focusing on for three game series.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Aaron. I think getting that game one is huge, uh, and we always talk about it. It's just it, it gives all the momentum to that squad. Well, we won't keep you long because we know you got to hop up here. But uh, we'll give you one last thing. Who are you taking tonight? We're gonna allow you to use your ESPN hat and okay. your analytical hat, and then obviously, obviously, I know you're gonna go for your Sooners. But who are you taking tonight in game two?
2: I I see Oklahoma putting the fork in it. Um, I think the difference maker is going to be how cat sandercock can hold this offense at bay and i believe that fsu has a lot of adjustments to make at the plate right i mean they they were shut out yesterday but the biggest thing for oklahoma is really making adjustments quickly cat sandercock is not going to stay in one zone consistently she's going to mix it up she's going to play a chess game with your brain um, and that that I think is gonna really challenge Oklahoma. I believe that Cat's gotten better as this year has evolved. And so I, they've got their work cut out for them. This isn't gonna be easy. So, while I think Oklahoma might come away with this win, um, it's gonna come down to how quickly they can make adjustments and how quickly they can adapt in the box to Kat Sandercock. She's got wow. some to prove, guys. I, I'm telling you, we're gonna yeah. see some fire on Cat Tara knows, she's like, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. She's yeah. she's got something to say, and I believe when that ball is in her hand, we're gonna hear her roar.
0: Yeah. Last thing before we let you go, and it can be just a one-word answer. Does Jordy Ball start again tonight? No. There we go. Aaron Miller, thank <laughs> you for joining <laughs> us here on the D1 Softball Podcast. Thank
2: you guys. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Good to see, see you, Aaron.
0: <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, we, we haven't really talked about the OU perspective because there was a lot of chatter on the ESPN broadcast about whether Jordy Ball was going to start tonight. There was a lot of chatter in our various group texts, Tara, about whether Jordy Ball was going to start again in game two. Uh, I think you can make the argument that it would make sense, but also historically, Oklahoma has not had the best track record when they've started the same player in those postseason three-game series two games in a row. So – I, my thought is it'll probably be Nicole May tonight.
1: I agree. I think we're going to see Nicole May. I, I would I would be shocked if she doesn't run, you know, if Jordy runs out there. But again, if you do put Jordy Ball out there, I, I mean, we didn't even talk about what she did last night. She had 10 strikeouts, uh, 97 pitches on the day and 61 strikes. I mean, she was so effective. And did she get some calls off the plate? Yes, we, we know that we, we we've talked about that, but I think uh, we're going to see Nicole May and I'd be really, really shocked if we saw Jordy ball tonight.
0: Yeah, and, and we can have the whole postseason strike zone conversation later because since regionals, I feel like we've been talking about it across the country. I don't know what happened in this tournament. But I haven't been able to get a sense of the strike zone at all, and that's how the game goes. That is the human element of it all. So sometimes that's just that's just part of part of uh, the script for for the tournament and for the game. Uh, I think from the Jordy Ball perspective as well, one thing that we always talk about in the postseason is how important situational hitting is, and I don't think we talk enough about situational pitching and. I spoke to the Jordy Ball stat about runners. Again, I can't remember if it's on base or in scoring position and how they're literally doing nothing against her. But just to to put a numerical factor on it, last night Florida State was 0 for 9 with runners on and 0 for 4 risk. Uh, and that is a testament to what Jordy Ball is able to do in those big moments. Again, I mean, we talk so much about situational hitting, and it's certainly important. But on the flip side, you've got a pitcher like Jordy who is coming up with the big pitches in the big moments and making sure that Florida State gets nothing when they do put together what looks like an opportunity, Tara. And that situational pitching element uh, has been what has made Jordy Ball so good all tournament long.
1: Yeah, sorry. I just got kicked off there um, by the Wi-Fi, so I didn't really hear most of that. But, yes, Jordy Ball uh, can't say enough about her dominance, not only at the women's college world series but we are seeing a very different Jordy ball than we saw at the beginning of the season and yes those ou fans that watch the beginning of of the season know exactly what i'm talking about and it was it was a rough start to the season for Jordy, and to see her grow and develop and just simply dominate in the circle i was taking a look at video and when there are runners in scoring position, she she sits in the press conference and she talks about how she loves it. She lives for those moments and it is mostly strikeouts and she's throwing changeups. She's throwing almost 50% change up with runners in scoring position, which I thought was uh, incredibly uh, interesting. So she's going to her off speed. She's going up in the zone. She's also going down in the zone. But for the most part, she's going to that off speed and just has been Incredible to watch. She's literally slicing and dicing uh, opposing hitters, and this is a very different Jordy than we saw in February, uh, at, in out in California when we when I watched her there. So just to see her growth over the past couple of months, uh, it's been just really fun to watch.
0: From the Florida State perspective, <clears throat> uh, when we look at their offense, you had two hits on the night. One was wiped out immediately when Kaylee Harding was thrown out at second by Coleman, Michaela Edenfield had a hit actually reached base a couple times, but man, when five through nine in your order go, as I do quick math, Oh, for 12 with five strikeouts. That, that is that that's tough to tough to, and uh, the bottom of the floor state order just did not have any answers last night against Jordy ball.
1: No. And that's tough. And you know, We spoke about it when runners on first and second no out Uh, I think that was a big pitch call went from maybe potentially a walk to a strikeout and I think that was really the turning point uh, in the game and once OU went up three zero it it felt like they needed to climb Mount Everest I said a mountain but it felt like they needed to climb a mountain to come back and. Once Oklahoma was up 3-0, it, it really did. It, it felt impossible and I was over by the Florida State dugout. and it just even the fans, it was a, you know it was, it was deflating. And when you have someone like Jordy Ball, that is a difference maker in the circle because you feel as if it, it's almost nearly impossible to score a run. When historically, you have a, an offense that can do it so many different ways. We did see the Knolls steal off of Kinsey Hansen. Uh, And that is a rare sight uh, to see. So, we do know they will put runners in motion. And I think the key to today's game is number one, stopping the bleeding on defense. And then, number two, testing the defense. Too many strikeouts got to just put the ball in play. Easy to say uh, from sitting on this side uh, of the screen and not being in the plate or in the box against Storty Ball, but putting the ball in play will be really important for the Knolls today.
0: And for Oklahoma, offensively, balance as expected. You had a hit from Coleman, a hit from Jennings, two hits from Hanson, who has been uh, incredible in this World Series. Alyssa Brito reached three times. Torres had a hit. Two doubles for your girl, Riley Boone FGCL, which ties the single-game World Series Champ Series record. Uh, I mean, that balance is what makes OU so tough. One through nine, anybody can do it.
1: Yeah, Hanson, Brito, and Boone, two hits apiece. Again, Riley Boone with two doubles. One of them, I argue, should have maybe been a triple. Uh, I think she could see that ball uh, in front of her. Really weird hop off the wall, to be honest, uh, with Janai Kerr out in center. Really weird. It didn't didn't pop off the wall. It literally stuck. Um, But, yeah, no, I think again spreading the the hits up and down the lineup and like I said Riley Boone turning that lineup over uh, and getting Jada Coleman back up to the plate is so important for the Sooners and just again an, an offense that's incredible to watch and fun to see how they can do it so many different ways uh and that fourth inning uh, fourth inning on we saw what happens when when pressure was put on uh those opposing defenses
0: All righty so now we turn the page to game 2 coming up tonight on the ESPN family of networks should be a ton of fun. We hope it's on time. The weather looks okay today. Tara, can you confirm?
1: Yeah, I haven't looked at my weather app uh, this morning. I, I've i been going to the field and, and checking it when I get there. Uh, okay. We did have two weather delays yesterday, uh, but I have a feeling, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not a meteorologist. That's Amanda's job, uh,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> where's Marie? Where is meteorologist Marie when we need her?
1: i'll check it i can give everybody an update when i get to the field it's three hours prior to the game i just feel like it changes so much here uh but hopefully we can get it in tonight
0: well you teased a little (laughs) bit one of your keys for tonight but let's dive into the three big keys in three big things for game two of the champ series All right, so last night we closed our keys with pitching decisions (laughs) and knowing when to pull people and what. And I would argue that's the biggest story leaving game one, so I'm going to make it the biggest key in game two, uh, the pitching decisions, the pulling, knowing when to pull somebody, knowing when somebody needs to come in. I think we might look a little bit more towards OU tonight in that regard because if May does get the start, uh, and maybe Florida State is able to string something together in the second or third inning, do you – keep may do you go to starocko do you go to ball i don't know i mean we'll see uh, how patty Gasso decides to play that uh if cassander cock does not get the start tonight i would be absolutely stunned and i'm gonna be honest uh even if ou puts up a three spot in the first inning i just keep it with cat until they put up like eight runs then uh, I, I think you gotta let cat do her thing knowing that this is it for her in a florida state uniform
1: well, and we we know you can score runs off the Sooners. We saw Clemson do it, so it's not something ooh, a nice play in here. Um, it's not it's not something that can't be done. And I think when we we take a look at the keys of tonight's game, we talked about it earlier when we started. Got to stop the bleeding. Uh, we also talked I talked about putting the ball in play. Uh, pitching decisions are going to be key, and then controlling the crowd. I know nobody wants to talk about this, but the crowd is incredible. Whether you like it or not, fine. But it is something that needs to be controlled. So, Florida State holding the momentum, taking back the momentum is going to be really key for them because it does get wild and crazy in there. I mean, if you haven't gone to a game and you're anywhere near the the Hall of Fame Stadium, I I suggest that you do because it is an incredible experience.
0: And I would I would go back a little bit more to uh, one other one other little aspect, which is execution. I felt like Florida State had some chances to execute small ball last night that they did not. You know, in the second inning, Michaela Edenfield reaches on a leadoff single and then Devin Flaherty strikes out. Could have been a good bunting chance to move Michaela over. You never know what happens because then uh, Mac Leonard hits into a double play in the inning ends. In the third inning, you had Waycaser reach on mm-hmm. an error, and then Bethany Keane strikes out and doesn't I don't even think even attempts to lay down a bunt, and then the inning kind of fizzles out from there. So I think if you're Florida State, and we had the same conversation privately about Stanford. If you've got a chance to move runners, if you have a chance to, to be productive against Oklahoma, you have to take it. It doesn't matter who's up at the plate. You've got to take advantage of chances to move runners, to put pressure on the defense, literally anything possible to make OU have to work. And uh, I felt like Florida State let some of those chances go by the wayside last night.
1: Yes, and there's just no room for error, Gray. I think we were talking about it, and, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with putting the ball in play. Uh, it's just really difficult to put the ball in play against a Jordy ball. And it sounds like it's easy, and we can sit here and talk about it. But until you're in there hitting off a Jordy ball, or if you're hitting off a, a Kennedy, and Nijah Kennedy, same thing uh, – it is going to be important for them to take advantage errors. We saw Brito make an error at third. Uh, I think that is key, taking advantage of errors, maybe putting some runners in motion. Uh, like you said, stealing bases off of Kinsey Hansen, which people don't normally try and run on Kinsey Hansen, but Florida State showed that they that they could do it last night. So, again, I think using all aspects of their offense is something that Florida State is going to have to do uh, to potentially get a W tonight. But it's going to be a tough hill to climb uh, for the Noles.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure some people are saying all these keys sound like they're relevant to Florida state for Oklahoma. It's just keep doing what you've been doing. It's clearly been working all year long, except for the one time. So just keep on playing your game.
1: (laughs) Well, and that team is just so focused, laser-like focus, their ability to make adjustments. And uh, when you've got a team that hits the ball out of the yard and that can hit for power, it's just a very different type of offense, and it's almost like you see them knocking on the door, uh, and we saw once they got to that fourth inning. And uh, like I said, Patty talked about it. The weather did delay was a little interesting, and so maybe Florida State needs to take advantage of that weather delay and who can be ready because, I mean, from what I'm seeing in the comments, it looks like we do have chance of storms tonight. So uh, mm-hmm. it could be off and on. And make sure everybody listens and, and, and files out of the stadium nicely. Um, in and out of that stadium I know it's difficult but I think we might have some some more delays tonight for for our Twitter fam and our YouTube fam
0: Awesome love that can't wait
1: <laughs> Yeah me too
0: All right well either way it'll be a fun night I can't wait to watch all the excitement of a champ series I thought um last night was still interesting you know it was it's always more interesting with <clears throat> Oklahoma is in a tight game, and I thought last night was interesting, and then Florida State kind of let the moment get to them a bit, and Oklahoma thrived in that situation. Uh, So I'm curious to see what adjustments this Florida State team can make tonight against the Sooners. Tara, let's really quickly here on the pod talk about how the pod is going to work. So if Oklahoma is the national champion, then tomorrow we'll have our wrap-up podcast and if Florida state pulls it off tonight, then uh, I guess we'll do another pot in the morning to preview game three. And then we'll do the wrap up at some point in the near future. Once a champion is crowned, right?
1: Yeah. So that's exactly it. Uh, we will probably air the wrap up on Monday. Should it go to a game at three? But again, if there is a game three, we'll do this again, same time tomorrow or same time in the afternoon, uh, depending on where you are tomorrow. Uh, and then, we'll we'll make sure that we close it out on Monday if there is a game three
0: any any major prediction you want to make for <laughs> tonight before we sign off
1: I think Kat Sandercock is going to start that's all cool. I'm going
0: to say Ooh, I love it
1: <laughs> and if she doesn't I'll be I'll, I'll I don't know I I mean you know it could happen we don't know Lonnie could start somebody else I would be shocked if they do but uh uh, my money is on cat getting the the start in the circle there and just, she is such a leader and, and she is so um, steady and just has this presence about her. So I would be surprised if we don't see her in the circle uh, to start this ball game.
0: Couldn't agree more. And I can't wait to watch it tonight uh, coming up from Oklahoma city. Thank you to Aaron Miller for joining us on the show. Thank you to our wonderful producer, Kelly Higby. Uh, for hopping on I see a lot of people saying it's not going to go three we still have to plan for it just in case just in <laughs> case we have to be ready for all factors guys that's that's what you do when you're podcasting you make a schedule we're,
1: we're just letting you know just in case yeah just in case it happens but if not we're still going to be here tomorrow either way we're going to see you tomorrow so right great
0: yes I'll be ready I won't be at the lake anymore but I will be on the pod <laughs> And it'll be a great time. Uh, Tara, I know you're excited to get to the stadium in a few hours. It's going to be a great night in OKC. I'm excited to watch it. We'll probably do a different kind of barbecue tonight. Last night's dinner was awesome while watching the game. Uh, and everybody out there, I hope that you enjoy game two of the Champ series. Uh, a reminder, if you want to read more content on d1softball.com, make sure that you use the podcast code podcast 20 to get 20% off of an annual subscription. Tara, I know that there were a few stories that popped up last night about the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We got a great story on Kinsey Hansen, Jordy ball. We've got the game recap, uh, Again, everything up on the site for you to take a look at. And some really cool photo galleries. Again, Crash came in, our photographer who's on site is just killing it. And tons of great photos uh, for you all to take a look at. Just uh, an incredible series and can't wait to get this one going tonight here in a few hours.
0: Can't wait either. It's going to be fun. For Tara Henry, I'm Gray Robertson. Thank you for tuning in to the D1 Softball Podcast presented by S2 Cognition. We'll see you <laughs> next time, everybody.